Welcome to the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast with psychologist Dr. Doreen Downing. Listen in as Doreen interviews people who felt they didn't have a voice or who suffered extreme speaking anxiety. You'll hear stories about how they struggled to speak up, what they did to find their authentic voice, and the confidence they now feel to speak up and make an impact. If you want to get started right away to find your voice, download Doreen's free 7-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. And now, here is Doreen. Hi, this is Dr. Doreen Downing, and I'm host of the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast. And my experience has been as a psychologist that I love to delve deep. (laughs) I love to explore the inner realms that exist within us because I think that it just is so fascinating who we are and how we got to be that way and even what stands in the way of our full expression. So uh Today, I get to interview a very, very special friend of mine who's done some trainings, so she knows my work really, really well. So I would like Jean Catherine, welcome. Can you introduce yourself? Yes. Thank you, Doreen. I hear you introducing yourself, and I think no wonder I feel so akin to you because I am... I'm a deep diver, and I think I was born into this world to be a deep diver. I'm an alchemy coach. I'm a send-out card specialist. My mission is just to spread joy all over this land, and that's what I came to this life to do, and I'm having fun doing it. I love the fun, fun, fun. Well, usually at the end of the episode, I give people a way to, you know, I ask, how do they find you? Let's do it at the start. Okay. Because I didn't introduce you, Jane Catherine Carlson. I didn't introduce you fully. So mm-hmm. let's let's get that done now. You know, and I, I'd like to throw in here that the Catherine, the word, the name Catherine actually came to me in a dream. And um, I decided about 10 years ago, I wondered what life would be like as Jean Catherine Carlson instead of Jean Carlson, which always felt too short. So <laughs> it's been a pleasure and so so um, expansive to be Jean Catherine Carlson. So people can find me. I call myself a vibrant living alchemist. And you'll understand a little more about what that's about as we get into this show. But you can find me on Facebook at Jean Catherine Carlson or on my website, www.vibrantlivingalchemist.com. I love the explanation. And so when you said it, and I think that listeners can feel the difference with Jean Catherine Carlson, it feels like it's a a melody. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And, you know, that takes me right into this whole thing of going through most of my life feeling minimal feeling like a wallflower, feeling small. And so I think adding the Catherine was necessary for me to claim the truth of who I am, which is much larger than I've thought most of my life. Mm, Well, you've come to realize that, but at some point, (laughs) those other feelings that you're referring to, like must have developed or uh, happened early in life, because that's where we, if not past lives, at least this life we're coming into and we get more conscious 
of ourselves relative to our surroundings and our surroundings are usually that first family. So talk a little bit about that, please. Oh, well, I say that I was born with an invisibility cloak firmly in place. And yet I wanted to be seen, but I was afraid to be seen. And in my family, being quiet and being perfect were the prized essences. So going through my life, trying to be perfect, trying to get the right answers for my parents, for my teachers, for the ministers, one of the aspects of the family is that we were, especially my mother, was very religious. And I'm going to use the word religious instead of spiritual because Lutheran was the way to go and to be. And that was the box that defined who we were and even defined whether I was going to go to heaven or hell. So I learned to do my best to get everything right on the inside before I ever opened my mouth. Now, as you can imagine, that kind of limits creativity. (laughs) I don't remember too many free times as a kid. You know, people say, Oh, go back to when you were three years old and you felt free to do and be whatever. I don't have that memory. I feel like I came out pretty much like, okay, we got to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And if we don't, we're going to be in trouble. And boy, did that make it hard to connect people and have, back to my word, fun. It was um, the best place that I could have fun was in my imagination. And that's where I hung out a lot of my childhood. Stay home from school, pretend you're sick and go inside the imagination and pretend I'm this like in those days I was the cowboy. I was the I was the wagon scout out looking for the trail and I was doing all of these great things in life in my imagination. It was amazing. That makes so much sense knowing who you are, such a spirit. And that seems like what I'm hearing and what I hope people are listening to is already even though you're in a certain circumstance i can i can think that some of those the way that you adjusted might be some of the ways in which are powerful now like you know you talked about going into dreamland and coming up with uh, and you talked about coming up with catherine and you know it's just like you have a facility to go deep within because that's what you had to do early on Yeah, yeah, I I do. I love, Doreen, knowing that what maybe started as a wound or a problem, if we dive into it, and if we can stick with it, yields so much gold, because the qualities that I developed, that power of seeing in the dark, of being in the land of the imagination, has absolutely groomed me and nurtured me into some of the greatest gifts that I have to offer the world. Like there's nightmares, take nightmares, to be able to know that we can go into a nightmare if we choose and know that there's gold there. I know that. Not everybody does. So, hey, listeners, if any of y'all, y'all out there have nightmares, let's get together because I know the way through that. And that's what you're absolutely right. It was those times staying home from school. That was probably my greatest education, right? Coming to think of it, be staying home and playing with my stuffed horse and being in that imaginal realm. Um, this started so young. My mom When I was, I must have been in, it had to be like first or second grade. 
and I probably stayed home from school being sick. And I was laying on that sofa in the front, in the front room. And I had these little handcuffs that I was laying with. And somehow, I don't know how, I got them on me in the back. And somebody came to the door. <laughs> and my mom opened the door. And here's this little girl laying on the sofa with handcuffed in the back. And she said they looked at her pretty like, well, what are you doing, lady? Um, so that was just became who I am. Um, that imaginal being, you know, that the imaginal life I knew was as real or real or more real than the waking life or than the external outer life. Mm, that's so beautiful. The gift and the gold together, what you're talking about, and then your own uh, developing capacity to uh, understand that inner terrain. And I would say I had something kind of similar. My uh, father left early and everybody was laughing and there was a big party going on. But I heard something in the in between the laughter and, and the joy, apparently, that was happening because it was just a party. But mm -hmm. I uh, there was something else that was going to be changing my life. He was leaving. And I and I and, you know, so it's the listening. What I think I the what you're talking about is going into the painful moments father abandonment, <laughs> you know, the exact moment and then just, oh, drop down in and see what, what was I doing? What did I develop? And so it was a listening. And of course, you know, being a psychologist and the work that I do is listening deeply, listening beyond words, listening to what people aren't saying. So that is such a good illustration of your gift today. Yeah. And how beautiful that, that those Barely perceptible moments, like you're describing, are can be those turning points or the opening points of saying, whoa, there it was. And I think the gift almost brings, it does, it brings tears to my eyes, Doreen, that I would love to have more people in the world get to experience the joy of those barely perceptible moments. They're, they're, they're barely perceptible and they're huge. Oh, I, uh, yes, I so, so, so agree. So uh, to go back a little bit, because yeah. that was your safety and you said, or else, you know, it was something like if you really w were outside of the box, you might say. And so what was the consequence? Should you be outside the box? Well, the bottom line was that I would go to hell. <gasps> I mean, that for me, that was the bottom line. You know, I've done so much inner work and it seems to always come down to this fear that because love carried this, it was a love was a double edged sword. Love for me, that there was this loving God, but if I wasn't careful, he'd throw me into hell. So it, it, it became this just. Ah, but that's really bottom line what would happen. And I would certainly, you know, at that at those young ages where we see our parents as God, um, I would have been um I would have been reprimanded, I would have been punished by my mom for not believing right. I mean, it just it didn't even ever occur to me to challenge mm -hmm. what was given to me because I wanted to, I was also came into this thing knowing that she knowing that there was some level of needing to protect her emotionally, keep her happy. 
Um, maybe I was afraid that, you know, she'd slap me on the wrist or, you know, she was not, I did not, I did, I did not have any physical abuse, but emotionally it was a scary place to be. Mm-hmm. So um, I was just afraid of being punished, of being thrown out, of being condemned, of being judged. Great. That's I, I don't mean great. I just yeah. mean <laughs> that's so articulated. Thank you so much. And then this word judged of being judged. See, then that sits inside of you and lurks. You know, it's kind of like you've got your gift, but you can't express it. And then just outside of that is, ooh, I better not or else I'll be judged. And then you grow into, you know, the young adult that you are. So just anything you can say about how carrying that kind of what that kind of psychology inner sense of self, how that when you were growing up and becoming a young adult. Yeah, it it. It turned me as as one who values the inner realm, and I do believe I was I was I my first my first trip around the Myers Briggs I was a who way over on the introverted side. So I know that there is that power within me, the sovereign within me, and yet because of that box, I learned to give away my power to the outer authority. So I gave, whether it was the church, whether it was the minister, whether it was then going into school all the way through college, and even in my master's program, giving my teachers the power to tell me if I'm okay or not. Yes. So then that set me up for needing to get good grades so that I'd be sure I'm okay. You know, I was never I was never a completely straight A student all the way through. I got my C's and occasional D only a couple times, but I had to hide that from my parents because I was too scared of being judged from them. I mean, it was just this whole pressure cooker of get the right answer at all costs. That was it. Be as good as you can, because maybe some days. But this was a little bit later as I got into maybe somebody will see who I really am and I really am okay. Mm. But because I kept projecting out, it's got to come from them. I've got to be doing it their way. I didn't let that creative part be. I didn't let myself be free. Mm. Free to be. One of my favorite songs is um, it's an old from an old uh, there is a land. Oh, was it free to be you and me? It was a it was a years and years ago. Probably most of you listeners have way longer ago. But that 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 record came out when I was a teacher. I was a bilingual teacher, and I would play that over and over and over and over. And the one of the one of the my favorite my theme song is "There's a land that I see where we're free to be me." It's a land. It's not far from where we are. Um, where da, 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 da. we are free, where we are free to be you and me. And that is the place that I want to hang out, where you can be you, where I can be me. And through my childhood and through all of that being in the box, that's what I didn't experience. Oh, yes, I I hear you. I hear the, the image. And so... Mm. You woke up someday, though. <laughs> yes, yes, yesterday. No. 
<laughs> well, you know, breaking up is a is a is a not a one time thing. It's a continual, you know, a part of you know becoming a bilingual. Well, actually, going to Mexico, studying in Mexico. There was something in the Mexico culture and the Mexican culture and the language of Spanish that opened my heart in a way that I didn't know was possible. So that was a wide awakening. Then I, you know, I got, I was, my undergraduate was in Spanish and music and I came to California. I grew up in the Midwest. I came to California. Lo and behold, I had, I had a skill. Uh, that could be used. So I went into the classroom and classroom teaching was fun because even though I still felt like I was a little bit of a wallflower, those kids didn't, you know, didn't really pay attention to me, but it was, I had an audience and it, and that was back before the days when teaching was so kind of restricted, like I think it is now where we could be more creative and it was fun most of the time. So I did that for several years. And then I went into educational sales consulting. And then I learned, guess what? I'm not as, I am still introverted from the perspective of wanting to be by myself, have my solitude time to build my batteries. I realized I'm kind of gregarious. I kind of like having fun with people. And so in the educational sales world, I had 15 counties in California. And I was like driving up to schools, going in to say, hi, how are you, principal? Like, And so I was really having fun with that. Then the bigger level of awakening was really waiting for me because then I wanted to, I had been hearing myself say, I want to be a dream worker and a storyteller. Mm-hmm. Well, when I finally got the opportunity to do that, I realized I wasn't, I was still imagining myself as a dream worker and storyteller, but having a hard time getting it out because I was going, well, I'm not like Jeremy Taylor. I'm not like Steven Eisenstadt. And that old pattern of trying to be like my teacher to be good enough came up full spade. So over the last few years, bit by bit, speaking circles, saying like, you mean what's inside of me is okay and I can be in front of people and I can pleasurably just be with their gaze and they're not going to shoot me down? Wow. So that became my favorite place to hang out mm-hmm. until I finally decided to become a facilitator because I love it so much. Because that was part, that was a big part of my awakening. Can I be with you? And no, I'm okay. Can I allow you in my presence that free to be you and me? Yes, the song. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's it's so good listening to you because what I get are all the threads that start coming together. You know, it, it feels like an integration, you know, in it's not just one flip of the switch, but that little by little, you're finding more of your voice and it has to do with discovering more within and also following, you know, this whole idea about you saying, oh, I want to be a storyteller. I want to be a dream worker. There was something that you listened to inside and followed that, yes. even though the old pattern surfaced. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I realize, you know, and I think this is true for all of us, even with those patterns, there was there were areas I was that scout on the trail. 
You know, those times in the imagination being that scout or the Pony Express writer out in the West, I don't know, the Wild West always fascinated me. I have a very idealized, romanticized version of it, but heck, it's my only my imagination, so it's okay. But that then I could see myself taking big, courageous steps like ending a 25-year-old marriage and choosing me and saying, I can't figure out how to be me in this marriage. I'm not happy. I want a chance to be free to be me. And that was, you know, living, moving from about 3,000 square foot home in Fresno, California, and moving into a 510 foot duplex in Fairfax, California, and saying, yeah, this is what I want. This is what I need to, to be who I am. And more than that, to allow that be who I am, create joy in my life that spills out into other lives and be able to share my gifts in a world that makes a difference in the world. Oh, yes. Yeah, the spreading of goodness. Thank you so much. And I know I've been touched by your goodness through the years. So could you say just a little bit more about how you work and just so people get to hear a little bit more about this inner, you said alchemy. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'd love to. Thank you. So I discovered, uh, came across uh, through Audible, a uh, really great novel series that any of you who are looking for a good series to listen to, I really love it. It's called The Accidental Alchemist. And as I listened to that story, I realized I really am an alchemist because alchemy is a very medieval concept that's kind of gaining popularity again now. It's about turning lead into gold. So alchemy for for me is about saying there is nothing, there is no There is no pattern, there is no wound that cannot be alchemized within me. In other words, the energy of it can be transformed. And with dedication and commitment, I can shift that pattern of fearing judgment to a pattern of joy of expressing. And so in my work as a coach, I work with people who are battling long-term chronic thought patterns or behavior patterns or um, fearful patterns, any of those patterns that are holding them back. And, And so often they go up to try to do something and then there it is again, and it keeps them from doing it again. So one of the, one of my, one of my favorite things to do is be a thought detective. So in my coaching, I work with people on, I hear the thoughts, those like, it just kills me. I might hear somebody say, it just kills me. It comes back over and over again. And I catch them and say, let's find another way of saying that. Yes. Let's find another way of saying that. You know, it's frustrating when I see that come over and o- up over and over again. And I know there's a way to change that. I know that I can, it's just energy. I know we can change that. And so we work through tapping, through you know, tapping, if you don't know what that is, it's tapping on meridians to help shift energy. So in my alchemist, in my alchemy coaching, we work with energy, the energy of the dream, the energy of the body, the energy of the thoughts to create a more joyful, expansive, expressive life for whatever my client is going for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if anybody is listening, I just want to say 
uh, if you get a chance, go watch this video because you'll see uh, Jean Catherine's beautiful smile just radiating. <laughs> so that, you know, her, you can trust, I think, anybody who wants to reach out to you, you can trust that you will be, uh, she will be able to tap into the beauty and the joy within you because she knows all about alchemy. She knows about energy, turning, you know, the, the junky stuff inside of us into the what is uh, beautiful inside of us. We just, it's always there. It's just like it has to be let out. And that, oh, today I just really appreciate you telling us some of the origins of your story as well as pinning down G. You know, the it's such a, perfect story about turning turning something like a negative experience into positive way way back then you just didn't know it you didn't know you were you were coming out into this world as uh, the alchemist that you are who's able to uh, travel in those realms yes and may i also say that it is amazing it does take years and commitment often sometimes things can happen really quickly. So if you would like to see how much you can do in 20 minutes, listener out there, uh, go to my website and check in with me for 20 minutes because it's amazing how quickly sometimes what we can see. And it's been such a delight to be with you, Doreen, this morning and hear a little more of your journey. And um, I feel such a kinship with your spirit. I really thank you. Beautiful. You mentioned website. Let's do that one more time, please. Yes, it's www.vibrantlivingalchemist.com. Oh, big breath of gratitude. Thank you, Jean Catherine. Thank you, Doreen. And thank you, listeners, for showing up for yourselves and for your lives and listening to things like this that can make a difference. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today for this episode of Find Your Voice, Change Your Life. Each person Doreen interviews shares what has helped them find their voice. You can learn from these guests and find your voice so you can be confident to speak up and speak out. And remember to download Doreen's free seven-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll return next time. Until then, goodbye for now.